Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Hello, and welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and as always, I'm here with the giggling... Hank Owl. Yeah. Hank Owl, what's new in your world? Uh... Well, going into the summer, which is very close and which I'm very excited for, I'm going to make it the summer of gaming. Summer of gaming. So what does this entail? Tell me. Uh, well, a game we got today. Well, we we got back into Steam. So we're talking about we're talking about video games on the computer. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's called Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. And the totally accurate is sarcastic. Right, which no, I didn't realize. It's not accurate at all. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. There's flailing, there's Viking headbutters that just flail themselves. At so what's people. the uh, what's the premise of the game? The premises of the game is though there's a campaign, which really there's no story. There's just different like levels, kind of. But you can also create your own battles. Okay, and this takes uh, armies. Or types of warfare throughout history, correct or no? Uh, yeah, there's some um, like samurai and ninjas, but there's also like medieval knights and Romans and a tribe and war elephants and uh, and war mammoths. That's so. cool. So this is the uh, starting the summer of gaming a little bit earlier with a new computer game. What else is going to be entailed with the summer of gaming? Like, what do you what do you mean by that? I mean, I'll just be gaming. I'm just gonna try to play. Well, I'm, a lot I'm of gonna video try games. to game at least thirty minutes a day. I love it. All right, thirty minutes a game, thirty minutes a day of gaming. Uh, is there any particular goal at the end of it you want to have achieved, or do you want to find out like what type of game is your favorite, or are you explore uh, games, or what? That uh, the what find out what type of game is my favorite, and also just gain more experience when it comes to video games because I feel like. When we play video games, it's either we play the non-campaign playful mode for a day and then never play it, or just only play it for its sandbox uh, mode whenever we're bored. Right, I get that. And one thing I think we found in the few times we played games with other people online is that if you don't practice... You don't do well. No. <laughs> At least I don't. I hope there to be uh, some console gaming, but... Like on the PlayStation or Xbox? Is that on, the, on the PlayStation. Some console gaming, but mainly uh, PC gaming. I want to get into some more horror games, maybe. Okay. I feel like that would be fun to Give play. an example of a horror game. Um, but it doesn't have to be a new one, just so somebody has an idea. Resident Evil. Okay. Two. Okay. <laughs> Three. Two. Four. <laughs> There's like a bunch of those. Not to be there. confused with Resident Evil 1. Okay. It's so that's considered a horror game. What is Five Nights at Freddy's? A horror game. Okay. So does Resident Evil games? I don't, I don't know if you've actually played these. I, I don't think you have. No, I have not. Um, a new one came out last year, though. Oh, uh, really? Well, technically a new one. It was the remake and more graphics to Resident Evil 2. Okay. So do these have, like, jump scares and stuff in the the gaming thing, too? Or is it, is it scary just because it's 
Like, what makes these games scary? The Friday Nights at Freddy's is scary because of the tension and then the jumps and, and the sound. Resident Evil, I think, is just scary because it's you have a gun with limited ammo walking slowly down a dark corridor while zombies are slowly chasing you. I gotcha. All right, there. I get that. I get that. Cool. All right, Summer of Gaming. I like it. I will I will attempt to facilitate this as much as possible, and, and also hopefully you'll, you'll let me play some. Yes. Yay. What's new in your world? Well, what's new in my world? I think what's new in my world is that uh, Gotham is finished. This has been our TV show, and so we've been talking about transitioning from Gotham. We're going to watch the last one tonight, uh, and... Uh, We've been talking about what to do next for a family TV show. And I think we've all agreed now that we're going to read the book Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. And then watch the show on Amazon Prime when it comes out in May. So I think that's kind of, we just bought you a a Good Omens copy. And uh, so I'm excited to watch Gotham tonight. And then I'm excited to get back into, (coughs) for me, rereading Good Omens and then uh, watching the uh, show together. Yeah. And yeah. seeing David Tennant. Oh, you know, it's also new. I feel like we should Oh, stop we this should now. totally. You're absolutely right. Is David Tennant has, who's one of our favorite actors. He played the Doctor for three seasons and his own specials on Doctor Who. And he was in Jessica Jones. Yep, played uh, Kilgraves. And he's going to be in the star of Good Omens. That's correct. So he's one of our favorites, and we just recently discovered that he has his own podcast. And it's great for a number of reasons. One, because his Scottish accent is cool. Two, the guests that he has on had on so far are, you know, are all people that he's friends with and friendly with and has worked with. And since we like the stuff he's been working on, they're guests that are right up our alley like Catherine Tate you know, star of the Catherine Tate show and also a Doctor Who companion. He's had uh, Sir Ian McKellen on there, who I love as an actor. He's had um, Michael Sheen, who is his co-star in Good Omens. Uh, whom else am I thinking of? Uh, he's had... Um, oh, James Corden. Oh, yeah, James We're Corden. We're listening to that one now. Who, James Corden, who was, you know, is a, you know, not just a talk show host, but also a really, really talented triple threat actor. Who's had his own one-man show in the London West End and on and Broadway? And appeared in Doctor Who. And appeared in Doctor Who with the Eleventh uh, Doctor. Yes, for two uh, episodes. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And I, I'm hoping they'll talk about that in a little bit uh, on the podcast. We've been, uh, I've listened to, I think just one. But um, oh, and that, that he also had on this one I listened to was with um, Jody Whittaker, who he worked with on Broadchurch. And then who became, you know, the first female Doctor. I hope he has, uh, who's the new Doctor Who showrunner again? Chris Chibnall. Chris Chibnall. I hope. Mm. I hope he, <laughs> hope he does too. He does. I hope we're not I a fan. tell him this, how this past hateful I am of him. <laughs> that's right. All right. So that's what's, that's a lot, that's a lot new in both of our worlds. Uh, but let's get to the main thing. What are we talking about today, Hank Owl? Is it Avent- Avengers Endgame? Or is that? Avengers is that, Am I saying that right? I think you are. I think you it's are. It's kind of a new thing. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they, they probably haven't heard of it. Uh, yeah. So lots of spoilers in this, guys. We're not going to try to talk about it without spoilers. I just don't think we're <laughs> good enough at this to do that. Or recap it at all. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll mention some things, but yeah, we're definitely not going to try to recap it because you don't need us to recap it. You've probably seen it, like the millions of other people that have across the world. Um, but so let's just dive in. Hank. Let's just get into it. Let's just get into it, man. Uh, what What would you like to talk about with the movie first? Let's talk about how they did how they used Captain Marvel. Okay, yes, because that was a that concern. was very very well. So uh, the last one, he she only really appeared near the end. It's kind of an ex machina to save the ship, but an ex machina done well. And at the beginning to and at the beginning to save Stark and make sure th- and just make sure that we know that Captain Marvel is an active part of this Avengers team and universe. I'm glad that they didn't have her throughout all the movie because she's just too powerful to put everywhere. I mean, she can be anywhere. There's not a. I'm pretty sure, like, with enough power and enough strategy, she could beat Thanos alone. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And I loved how they used her. I loved how they used her in the beginning to rescue Nebula and Stark. That was awesome. And then I like she gave gives perspective too to the others when they're. She's like, look, you know, what's happening here is happening throughout the universe. And these other planets, they don't have the Avengers to take care of them. So I'm going to go help them. I really, really loved that. Um, and then I loved how she came back at the the end to destroy the, the ship. And uh, to then take the Infinity Gauntlet. There's a yeah. whole, and in that one scene where it's they're playing a relay race with the Infinity Gauntlet, keep away. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of like references to Marvel Comics. A lot of they had Black Panther held the Infinity Gauntlet, like he also did in the comics. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And Iron, and I think Captain America has also used the Infin- has used the Infinity Gauntlet in comics too. Oh, that's very cool. Also, let's. Uh, I want to talk about the opening real quick, and I don't want to. I don't want this to lead to a recap. But I just want to say that I really, really loved the opening of this movie. Oh, this yeah. very quiet domestic scene with Hawkeye on his farm with his family. And it was just, you know, peaceful. It was loving. It was quiet. And then, of course, you know, they disappeared with the Thanos snap. And it was ultimately just heartbreaking. But I really loved starting the movie that way. It kind of had everything grounded in reality and realism and emotion. And I just thought that was a great, really smart idea. And I loved that. Uh, I want to talk about our experience at the theater. Okay. Because I think this is the first movie we've ever gotten in before the cleaning staff. Like <laughs> okay, we, we yeah. were, we got in there during the credits of the movie that was showing before then. Which technically does that should we have paid for the last? Should we have paid for the credits for Shazam? No, I think I think it was fine. <laughs> I don't think we stole any intellectual property. No. On that, yeah. So like I think as I'm getting older, and I think this is the whole family's kind of dealing with this. Stress and anxiety are becoming, you know, more of a thing as far as I think just getting old and cranky and like not wanting to deal with crowds. And the movie theater that we saw it at, I've been to this movie theater before where there were supposedly reserved tickets that you can do, you know, when you buy them online, you could to pick your seats. But nobody was sitting in those reserved ticket seats. 
And so honestly, I thought it would just would be so crazy that we really did get to the theater probably 40 minutes before the airtime, which doesn't sound that horrible now when I say it. But it was a deal. It was a thing because it was a Thursday night. It was a weeknight. So Peggy had to get off work. We had to come here. We had to get there. We had to figure out what to do for dinner, if anything. And there was just, it was just a lot of stress involved. And then, you know, you go. But we got in there, yeah. So we got in there while the credits for Shazam were ending. And uh, I think you went to the restroom. I went to the concession stand. And Peggy was in there. And, like, the person cleaning the theater is like, uh, can y'all leave? <laughs> we got to clean the theater. But it turns out they did honor the uh, the reserve seating, and everything went extremely smoothly. Uh, but perhaps because we got there so early, or at least we're prepared for the worst. Uh, do you want to say anything more about the experience like that? Uh, uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, everything that was uh, said. Okay, so at the end of the movie, we got to see old Captain America. Yeah, jumping right there. We saw, uh, yes. (laughs) Going all the way there already. We're going all over the place. I'm making sure that we don't even get close (laughs) to to going in (laughs) chronological order. All right, so you want to talk about the ending of the film now? Or Um, just what do you want to talk about? And how Captain America hands the mantle down to Falcon. And I have two questions. The first question is, I feel like the Winter Soldier probably should be Captain America because and for one reason is that he's known Captain America longer and has probably more experience uh, fighting seeming that he was one of the most dangerous assassins who ever lived in America or ever lived ever and also because Falcon has no abilities uh, well he no he has abilities but what made Captain America really special and an effective fighter was his super soldier serum. And well, Falcon has no form of super soldier strength. I agree entirely. Uh, I, will, I will nitpick the, what made Captain America successful. It was three things, I think. One, his heart as a human being. Remember, he was doing incredible things before the serum. Enough to That's why he got chosen to do, get the serum, was his heart. And worthy and enough to... We'll get there. Serum, the serum, then so super strength. He definitely, and and then he had the shield. But I agree with you. Um, while um, Falcon, you know, has heart certainly, and has you know flying and fighting capabilities, a trained soldier and a very good one. You know, from what we understand, I, I think that lack of super strength really is a huge absence. And like, I wouldn't be too scared if I was like a comic book supervillain. To face Captain America with no strength, but or just the strength of a normal man. Back at Winter Soldier, Falcon has beaten up the same people Captain America has beaten up without the Super Soldier Serum. Well, okay, so that's a good point. That's a good point. That kind of goes against your point, but I yeah yeah that that's 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 the thing. Of course, he did lose the Ant Man. Oh, he did lose that. Would would Captain America lose Ant Man? I don't know. Steve Rogers, I mean. Uh, so I got one one point on the Bucky thing. It would be ironic and could be awesome or could be awful that you have the Russian Winter Soldier who then becomes Captain America. Oh, yeah. But, you know, so that, that could be a really cool message, you know, or it could be irony or it could be like a bad idea. Uh, I want to bring and up... No, my, can I, I had another question involving Captain America stepping down. 
Okay. Iron Man also is gone now. Okay. Oh, again, <laughs> not even getting anywhere close to a recap. I know, but let's try to stay on a topic, but keep going. No, no, this is on topic. Okay. Captain America clearly handled handed down the Captain America figure to another character. Who do you think's going to be the new person to kind of take that Iron Man figure? That that's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, so obviously you have Rhodes, you know, who was, uh, and I get the names confused. Is it Iron Patriot or is it another? It's War Machine. He was Iron Patriot in Iron Man Three. So Iron Man was Three stopped. was, and is what's the difference other than just the model of the tech? Uh, the a, model of the it's tech. the same person inside them, right? Uh, it was the same person inside them, except for the Iron Patriot was supposed to be this American Army fighter. Okay. And then you have, which which Rhodes is, I guess. And then you also have uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, like Tony Stark's uh, Pepper, Pepper Potts. Rescue is uh, the name of her superhero persona. Okay, so she and she had her machine, too. Was there anybody else that had one during this last thing? Uh, well, Spider-Man also looks like a person that could replace Iron Man. That seems, that seems weird to me. That doesn't make any sense. Because Spider-Man's already Spider-Man. And yes, he could have a cool suit, but he, he shouldn't be taking over the persona of Iron Man, right? Or even like being like, you know, instead of a Spider-Man character, I'm uh, a uniform slash machine-based character. That, seemed, that seems like a huge leap that I would not want to see. All right. I think War Machine is probably going to take his place as the Iron Man, but who's going to take his, uh, Tony's thematic persona what do you mean by his thematic persona what is it what like is his who's going to be to the character that tony stark was who's going to be that the kind of arrogant leader but it's also who's been there a while who's also who's also kind of loving and supportive like who's going to take that role that tony stark as a character played oh that's a great question that i really have no idea you know, and I hope they don't try to imitate it, you know, specifically, you know, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think? I, I, was, I was genuinely asking. Yeah, I, was, I, don't, I don't know either. I mean, obviously you'll need that. You know, I guess we should talk a little bit about, uh, actually, before we get too far away from Steve Rogers, um, what did you think about Steve Rogers' decision to not travel back or back in time? Uh, to return, but to live out his life, you know, back, you know, then, in like the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, that kind of thing. I loved it. I did, it's, too. It's, it's a perfect, like, completion. But I, I also, I think Captain America will go on in the future of the MCU as to be this father figure that the Avengers can look up to. When you say Captain America, you mean Steve Rogers? I mean Steve Rogers. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. The CGI was pretty great on that, by the way. I oh, thought. yeah. He can be a mentor. All the CGI aging stuff that hey, they that did. That Marvel does is just yeah. crazy. All those thousands of names listed after the credits or during the credits. Oh. Like, that's part of the stuff they're doing. Yeah, I really liked that because I really liked Peggy as a character. Uh, I thought, you know, she was great in the Captain America, the first Avenger. I really liked her show, uh, Agent Carter. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, and a fun little thing that I noticed, and because I did watch Agent Carter, is Jarvis is Jarvis. You know the human butler for 
Mr. Stark. And it was a really fun character in Agent Carter also. Like, their their uh, rapport was great and very enjoyable. So I, I love that they ended up together. That was just a wonderful touch. Although everyone trying to copy Alfred's style. <laughs> yeah, Alfred from Batman? Yes. Alfred did it first. Y'all can't compete. <laughs> Alfred's the original helpful butler. Um. Uh, I want to talk about... Preferably Australian. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Let's talk about Fat Thor. (laughs) Because I thought Fat Thor was amazing. First of all, I want to get the names of the CGI people responsible for every day having to edit and make (laughs) Chris Hemsworth look fat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that was just such a great... It reminded me of two things. One, obviously, it, and Tony Stardock, I think, you know, comments on this about uh, the dude from the Coen Brothers movie, um, The Big Lebowski. Aha. And you used is, to be the big, the best brothers in cinema. And I uh, loved, absolutely loved, uh, loved that movie. And But it also reminded me of this old Saturday Night Live sketch where they had Hercules, and I think it was uh, Jim Belushi playing Hercules, and it was like Hercules just having retired, basically, and then somebody comes back and he's challenging him to do things, and it's James, Jim Belushi, uh, you know, who's overweight, you know, really soft, uh, and he's in this loincloth, and they're all kind of dressed, period, and, and they're kind of doing this dubbing thing with these kind of old movies, too, so they're like... The guy challenges him to like go lift us, lift that boulder, and he like, kind of rolls over a little bit. He's like, "You know, that's uh, how about I lift that boulder over there? That is much smaller and easier to, easier to do." Uh, it reminded me of that also. I just mm-hmm. loved that touch. I know so many, so many women and men throughout the world were disappointed that they had to look at that Thor body versus the normal Thor body, but it was really funny and awesome. I thought, and the Tropicana too. What was the trop? Oh yeah, Tropicalia. I I got to confirm that the can of beer that he was that, drinking. That was Tropicalia. It definitely was Tropicalia. Have that you was definitely? Well, how, I, I noticed that as well as you. I think I noticed that before you said it. Okay. Well, but says I don't. I'm you're you're so confident on things without checking them. I don't I don't know how you do that because I trust myself. <laughs> right, but like <laughs> I've actually drank that beer and have cans of it at home. But I am not 100% and, uh, positive that's what it was. Cans and me seeing you drink those, I am sure that so, that was a So I agree that it did It did appear as if it was a Tropicalia can. <laughs> but uh, and lo- it would be really cool if it was because that's a you know, local-ish, local-ish beer from, you know, from Athens. Uh, so that would be kind of cool if it was. But I have not verified that. But I, I thought that was pretty neat, too. Uh, what else do you want to mention? Okay, so I... We were having a conversation earlier about this, and I want to bring it up again. When do you think this movie takes place? Okay. I think, for most of it, it takes place in 2023. I would agree with that. Why don't you tell them well, how... Well, you disagreed before. Huh? No, I didn't. I, yeah, this is, is actually the same issue with the Tropicalia. I don't disagree. I just haven't done the calculations enough or seen it verified from another source to be able to say that it definitely takes place in 23. So it's just a matter of, of leaving room open that I, I that we you know might make a mistake. It's not that I don't think it is. I do I agree cuz so 2018 is the end of 
Infinity War. Infinity this War starts two about weeks. three weeks later. Yeah, about three and then later. it starts, and then later in the film we jump to five years. So, 2018, five years, 2023. That makes sense to me, but I guess I'm not a hundred percent positive. Uh, Infinity War ended in 2018, but that would make sense. But I just don't know that. So I guess this, between something to be a theory versus it's, it's canon, you know or know it. So, yeah, but, but that makes place that, that it's in 23. That kind of weirds like, me out. Those is the future of the MCU start in 2033. What new technologies were made since then? And what new infrastructure was built? Like, if people came back, if they came back exactly where they were, did some people come back halfway through a wall? Completely. Like, the details on this... You know, and that's something that's fun for like folks like us to to, to debate and talk about because that's you know. But like, yeah, good question. Who knows? So we didn't have this uh, you know retardation of technology that occurred because you know half the people in the universe died, half the living things in the universe died. You know, so if that didn't happen, or did we just we just brought them back, right? So it still happened, but they came back. Yeah, it still so, happened, but they came back. Okay, so we did have this five years of like nothing happening or very little happening technology-wise. You know, at least that's what it appeared from the that a period of time. You know, we see in the movie. You know, we see all these things. This life's kind of come to a halt in a lot of ways. So, yeah. What are the repercussions? Yeah, that kind of, this kind of reminds me of Doctor Who. Because I often think, remember the remember in season one of New Who, the Slovene episode, the Slovene two part. Mm-hmm. Remember that thing about the Doctor bringing back uh, Rosa, Rose, Rosa, Rose, a year later. You remember that? I think I know what you're talking about. Does that mean that it's a year later than our real time? Because uh, the show starts at the real time in which it comes out. So does that mean that like the most recent season that was in 2018 actually took place in 2019? Yeah, that's a great point. So it gets tricky when you come to timelines and also time travel, which kind of segues nicely into, into talking about that. But I will say it's with things like that. Sometimes it's nice if a, a piece of storytelling can, can avoid mentioning exactly when they take place, so there's some wiggle room in all of that, yeah. uh, which is always great with time travel. So let's talk about time travel. Obviously a huge deal in this movie. This is how they go back and get the Infinity Stones, and it's how they you know restore uh, things. They have, and it's, it gets a little meta because they keep talking about time travel, and they name all those movies, and they're talking about how time travel works and how it doesn't work. Uh, did that work for you? Was that interesting and cool, or was that not interesting? Uh, I felt that I just like the time travel idea. It feels very cool to see the new people, the new versions of people, the old versions of people. And when they got the interact the with Hydra in the hell of elevator. Oh, that was such a great moment. Referencing that was the so... comics and like and Winter Soldier. Oh, I well, obviously I didn't get the comic reference. Remember that whole thing about. Captain America saying Hail Hydra? Well, I remember the scene in the elevator in the movie we just saw. I don't yeah, remember, remember comics, remember, no. Really? I never read the comics, you, you told me. No, you told me about this. That's how I heard about this. I told you about a comics where he says Hail Hydra? Yeah, and how... I've never heard I, of that. Were, uh, and it was serious, and there was a Marvel event, but it started off with, I remember you telling me 
about what you did. <laughs> you can say it all you want. I, I don't remember that. And I've never read comics. <laughs> uh, no, but it was like around the like news and culture and media, too, about Captain America saying uh, Hail Hydra to before going into battle. And that started off an event with this like German... Hydra, Captain America. Okay, so I have no recollection of that. That doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen. Because uh, it did. <laughs> but what I, what I know happened is that instead of having this duplicate fight scene like they had in, was that Winter Soldier or Civil War? Where Captain America gets on an elevator and he says, you know, if anybody wants to get off, they can. Oh, yeah, yeah that's Winter Soldier. Yeah, so they have this recall scene, just the same kind of thing, a lot of the same people. Captain America enters. It's the same feel. It's shot the same way. It's like it totally has that essence. Which and another, you think there's going to be the Russo you, brothers. Too. That's right. Same director. So they knew exactly how to set up the shots. They knew exactly what to do to make it feel reminiscent. And you think you're going to have another amazing battle scene. Instead, it's just awesome. Just like you know, hey, they told me to take care of this. You know, let me do it. And he gives that little hail Hydra and gets to walk out with it. That was brilliant. And the clapping to the fall, that was so awesome. The clapping what? The, the people on the elevator. Uh, elevator. People in the movie theater. We were, we were watching in an elevator. The people <laughs> in the movie theater clapping, I just felt. Oh, did they clap at that moment? Yeah. Oh, that's great. As, as they should have, I thought. Uh, yeah, so I, I dug the whole time travel. I loved the line in the movie, like, wait, so back, back to the future like doesn't work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I thought that was a great line. Um I'm a fan of time travel stories. I think there you can build in some easy poignancy and great, you know, drama and and emotion. Uh, I love Tony Stark going back and getting to interact with his dad like he would have wanted to. Oh yeah. You know, cuz we saw that's one of the nice things about us going back and watching some of these movies beforehand is these characters and their journeys were really fresh in our minds. So I loved, you know, in that Civil War where he's giving he does that presentation to MIT students. And he has the virtual reality kind of thing where he sees his mom and dad for the last time. Oh, you remember yeah. what I'm talking about? So, like, we know how important this is. And now he actually gets to go back and interact with his dad on, like, the day he was going to be born. Or at least very soon around that time. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That was such great storytelling. It's great. And, he, and John Slattery's a great actor, so I'm glad he got to be in the, that movie again. Okay, here's another proposal and idea about the future of the MCU. Oh, let's hear it. You think they're going to do the Little Avengers. <laughs> what is the Little Avengers? The Little Avengers is kind of like a teenage version. Oh, please don't. Of the Avengers. But we have enough characters. We have Tony Stark's daughter. We have Scott Lang's daughter. And we have Hawkeye's daughter. Please don't. <laughs> okay. I, I, no, no. Most of those people become uh, characters. All, all three of them in comics are characters. Really? Not little Avengers characters that they grow up and become versions of their parents. Is the little Avengers something you just made up? Or is no, that no, is no, actually no, 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 somebody who has written this title. comics? It's not the title, but it's there's a but, team like that in comics. They made, they made an animated TV show about it, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I I I am not interested in that whatsoever. <laughs> kind of that doesn't mean cool, that people right? other people wouldn't maybe be. seeing them as like older characters and see it, like right. when a lot of people thought of time travel 
a lot of people thought they might go in the future a little bit and see those adult versions of characters. Oh, interesting. Like they would, because Scott Lang's daughter becomes a Ant-Man type, uh, more more like Wasp, Wasp type character. I don't remember who Tony Stark's daughter becomes, but she becomes one. She becomes a character. And Hawkeye's daughter becomes a version of Hawkeye. Well, that's kind of cool. I guess the idea of, like, it's the little in it's front of it little. that I kind of, like, well, is makes that, me think is it's that not. worse or better than the pet of it? It's not for me. Um. It's got to be worse, right? Or no, it can't be worse than the Pet Avengers. That was a, a little side thing. We did see a trailer for like a DC series on um, on Al- on Alfred on Alfred, right? <laughs> so that so like we had Gotham, which bat, the Bat Cow TV right, show, exactly. Like even like everybody, everybody in the whole universe is going to get their own TV series. Although we should, uh, we should probably uh, watch I might want a Selena <laughs> Kyle spinoff of Gotham. Yeah, that would be or a Batgirl spinoff of Gotham. So that could be cool. The TV show kind of ends with her getting born, so. right? Um, what else? So the time travel worked for all of us. I liked how they went to different places. Uh, let's talk about uh, Vormir, where the Soul Stone was, and let's talk about uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, um, the Russian. What's her name? Blanking. Scarlet Widow. No, what Black is it? Widow. Black so Widow. Really there we smart. go. I'm really intelligent. Black Widow and Hawkeye, and their kind of deal. Ronan, Ronan, not Hawkeye. Call him Clint or Ronan. Okay, so yeah, tell everybody why he's Ronan. He's because they never actually said that name. I don't think, but that's no, who but he clearly like they was. They never said Nomad, which is what Captain America. Captain America after he be, after he goes on the run, in Infinity War, his character is a Nomad. Really? Oh, I've never heard that. That's cool. <laughs> also, this is just totally a me thing to say. Yes, you have. I've told you about it before. Okay. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine you can guess how much I enjoy you I doing actually, that now. I honestly during think this there was footage of this podcast of you saying the name Nomad. I was talking about a group of people who travel about seeking uh, food and you shelter. You were calling about uh, non-magical <laughs> people, and you were talking about non-magical people and fantastic beasts. Exactly. There we go. No. Um, all right. So he is Ronan. He is. I've completely Ronan lost my train of thought. A, I brought him up to talk a about something. Version. Uh, you asked me who Ronan was. Why is he called Ronan? Ronan is this kind of darker version of Hawkeye. We see him in the first scene, and not the first scene in which he appears, but the first scene in which he appears is Ronan, like killing several people in Japan. And this is after his family dies, which it does in the movie and does in a different way in the comics. So how he reacts to the family dying and the thing is he becomes this really dark vigilante. And we hear about him killing folks before we actually even see it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so that that's... And his bad haircut that we talked about earlier in one of our earlier episodes didn't bother me at all. And I hardly oh, yeah, even no. noticed it. Yeah, And I wonder if... I don't... You know, that's, so that was interesting to me because uh, I was waiting for it. But the reason why I brought him up is to talk about... The fight scene between him and Natasha. That fight scene was epic. Wasn't it good? And tell me, why. what did you like about it? Well, I just thought it was... 
I mean, these are characters with very much similar, like, skill sets. As far as you see, it's kind of seeming like Captain America and Captain America fighting. Oh, yeah. But also because it felt like kind of an anti-fight, since they were fighting against themselves, really. Exactly. They both, you know, to remind you of the premise, you know, to get to the Soul Stone, you have to sacrifice someone you love. You know, a soul for a soul. And so they both want to be the person who dies because they love the other person. So you have them. And it was great because, like, you knew it was eventually they were going to start fighting. And then it looked like one person had won. And you knew that wasn't going to be. They were going to reverse it. And they just kept reversing it. Like, it kept going and going and going to different people winning. And you finally, they do that great slow motion shot of, uh, you know, Ronan, like, going off. And you think, oh, that's it. He's dead. And then, like, you know, she stops him. And then, and then she goes. Who did, so, who did you want to die during that whole thing? Who did I, wa- I want? I'm going to be completely honest. I wanted. Wait, wait. Are you not being completely honest the rest of the time? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted Natasha to die. Tell me why. Because I just, I always have liked Clint. Oh yeah, Clint. See, he's oh, obviously he's the most useless Avenger. So though he didn't feel <laughs> yeah. as useless as he usually does in these movies, right? But I guess like he feels very down to earth with yeah. his family. Like in Civil War, I, I just love that. Yeah, he's just a family man who happens to be a part-time superhero. Yeah, and what's interesting story story wise to me in like the, those character arcs is you have, you know, Natasha, Black Widow, who you know was doing these horrible mercenary killings and assassinations, you know, not for country or love, but just you know because she was paid, and she's been trying to you know recover from that and who she was and the awful things that she was you know forced to do. She was trained as a child. Oh, yeah, didn't she mention she the lecture in this movie? Didn't mention what? Didn't she have a callback to uh, the red on my ledger scene from Avengers? Oh, there might have been. Like, I feel like she said, I feel like I have still her, yeah. have her saying ledger in my... Oh, that, that wouldn't surprise me, because there was obviously the parallel then with Ronan, who did horrible, horrible things. But if this thing works, you know, then he has to live with these, he has to raise this these children, knowing that he has, did these horrible assassination things you know that um so like they were very similar journeys and so like he's like you know i please i need to die i don't even like who i am now i've been you know killing criminals sure but like in you know you know not something he's proud of really now you know yeah, kind of like green arrow in the first season of era not at all like that but I just say that because I have no idea what you're talking about. No <laughs> idea. <laughs> okay. So that was cool. So so you wanted Hawkeye to live, and I think I wanted Hawkeye to die. But I also liked him. I remember, I remember thinking somewhere during the fight, deciding who I wanted. It was something that had something to do with that what we were just talking about with the storyline of grief and living with yourself and redemption, and so like. You know that maybe that was her. I think I, maybe I think I wanted Scarlet. Yeah, no, I wanted her to die because she could finally get full redemption from her past and the fact that Clint was the one who saved her. Right, he was supposed to kill her. Also, I'm on assignment. Sure there's already a Black Widow movie in the works, so we're we're not done with her. Oh, really? Good. Well, I think it's a prequel movie where we get to see her past. That would be pretty interesting. 
I think Clint also is going to appear in that movie, too. The same actors, you think, or no? Well, it, uh, we've talked about before that with Marvel, it takes nothing for them to create their characters to look any younger. Well, I think, it's, so. I think it takes millions of dollars, but, well, it takes, but they're it, able it to do it. It takes millions of dollars, but they're able to do it. Yeah. So I, pretty, I hope it's the same actors. I hope it's the same actors, too, because I like, I like both of those actors. I, I think mean, they're both good. Like in early Marvel, they had those big actor chains out with like Don Cheadle and Hulk's characters. I can't remember any of the actors' names for some reason. Oh, yeah. And wouldn't that be like, now that we've gotten to know these characters so much, wouldn't that be so weird if one of these characters just showed up and it was a different actor? Completely. Completely. Those those two casting choices happened so early that it, that we rolled with it very easily. But I think now it would be... It'd be extremely tough. Can we talk about a moment that happened earlier in the film? Let's talk about the killing of Thanos and how that felt. What did and you feel? Quote, what did I you went think? For the head. I was like, shot first. I was shocked when he got rid of the Infinity Stones because then that changes my whole perception about what this movie is going to be. That's right. I thought this movie was let's chase down Thanos and kill him to get the stones. Like I thought that was that was the deal, but then you're right. Boom! The Infinity Stones are destroyed, and, and then they kill Thanos, dead. and they're like, you know, we're only 15 minutes into the movie. I'm like, what are we gonna do for the other two movie hours and 45 over. minutes? <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that that shocked me. I really didn't see any of that coming. How about you? Uh, I did not see that at all, and it felt very like weird. Like I felt, I kind of felt exactly how feels like thor felt like well they completed their goal why do i not feel like they've won completely it was not because it was not an honorable killing it was an execution uh it came out of nowhere really like you know they're all, they're all talking talking and boom he just does it because like i went for the head i went for the said. head which was a great line and then we see how thor deals with that you know, how does that feel? With millions and millions of dollars of fat CGI. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. He drinks beer and plays video games and eats pizza. And that's what... So the destruction of a demigod, Thor, or God, I don't know what the proper term is in the comics or whatever, but so Thor, the idealized Thor, what his look of despair and apathy and destruction is, what thousands of americans do every day in their daily life we drink beer we eat pizza we play video games well and i think let's don't make it such a sad thing again he's a he's a god so if you were like zeus i feel like that would also be a version of your like despair right but we're it's just humans well so his despair though is just our like normal life and like i don't know i i took away a message in that of like Drink less beer, <laughs> play more video game, play less video games, and eat less pizza, which is probably a pretty good lesson. Except for the video games, I don't play them that much. But you know, like <laughs> I just I thought oh, it was yeah, odd that Thor at Thor really at Thor at his worst is like a lot of people's just norm. So I thought that was you know. Well, it's the, the it summer spoke of video to me. games. You're really making me feel really good about it. <laughs> it spoke to me. Uh, but yeah, that feeling of like, holy goodness, they just killed Thanos, the movie's over, what's going on? And then they had that five years, years later, later and they put him up slowly like that, which I thought was cool. 
And again, I had no idea. No, I certainly didn't see it coming. But it was. It turned out to be a great choice, right? I think the uh, the rat that saved Scott Lang should get its own movie. Oh my gosh, that's right. So that's that is that was such a uh, Deus Ex Machina kind of you know thing. But rat it was ex it was Machina. <laughs> it didn't. I mean, it took me out of the story for about a half second. I got over it. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, that's how it had to happen somehow. I'm not sure how I would have come up with it, but that was a good enough reason. It's just pure luck, happenstance. You know, the rat knocked the lever, and boom, he gets to come back. And that was a really cool sequence, I thought. That was one of the things in the trailers that looked the most interesting to me. As you see Scott Lang, you know, looking around at all the various signs of missing people and, you know, destruction, and he has that interaction with the kid on the bike where you clearly know that, okay, this world has changed. What's going on? Uh, I thought that was very cool. And the vanishing board as he's looking for his daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The monument he's to like, those who vanished. Don't, please don't say, please. And then he says Scott Lang, and he's like, <laughs> wait a second. I'm right <laughs> here. Yeah, that was really, those were cool moments, I think, in the, in the movie. I, I liked that a lot. And I like his character was great in this because he's so often he was the great comic relief. I think it's all due, I mean, the writing certainly, but also just the likability of Paul Rudd, the actor who plays him. You know, he's just a likable dude. People uh, like him. <laughs> uh, Paul Rudd's really likable, but for some reason this like nickname came into my head because he kind of feels like that. He kind of feels like he's he's discount Ryan Reynolds. What? Now, how did that? How did that just come into your head? Okay. And why do you? What do you mean by that? He seems like a Ryan Reynolds character without you know, the huge, really, really, really big name. Of I just Ryan don't Reynolds. see. I don't. I don't see. I don't see that or get that. Just to really? me, because like Ryan Reynolds is so darn handsome, and like is such a movie star leading man of well, the I know. like. That's why I said discount. Yeah, I guess I when I hear see. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Okay, I get that. I get that. Uh, I still don't know what you mean by that, though. Like, what's the point of saying that? Like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. Oh, okay. You can get all the joy of Rhino Reels for half the price. Yeah. All right, cool. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> yeah. What else do you want to talk about? We've covered all the things you covered all I've written down so far. All right, cool. We, so we I... had some overlap. Uh, what's your... Uh, I got a question for you. So... Who's your favorite character? Uh, and why, of course. Spider-Man is always a good one. How great was it to see... Uh, well, we could just talk about Spider-Man, too, if you want. But also, that's just that moment you know, where they go to Tony Stark. He refuses the call, right? You know, basic storytelling of the hero's journey. Refuses the call. Then he accepts the call. But part of the reason he accepts the call is... Seeing that photo of Peter and, the first and line contemplating he says, that after getting back, I well, lost the kid. I lost the kid. Yeah, wasn't that great? That was, that was such a good moment. Um, how did it? What did you think of the the Tony Stark domestic scenes with the daughter and uh, Pepper? Oh man, that was so. That made me think. I really hope he doesn't die in the. Yeah, me too. That's exactly that's exactly why I was in there, right? To make yeah. us think, like, oh, please don't die. <laughs> like, you got so much to live for. Finally, everything's happy. <laughs> um, so let's talk, about, let's talk about the journeys very briefly with Tony Stark and 
and Steve Rogers. We've maybe we've covered Steve's pretty well, but Tony Stark, obviously Iron Man was the very first of these movies, the MCU. Uh, it was the one that if it didn't go well, probably the rest of them weren't going to happen. Uh, but it was a huge, gigantic success. And once it was, then the, kind of the sky was the limit. And he's been like, you know, the key figure, arguably, for most of these movies, right? Yeah. So how did you feel uh, storytelling-wise about his journey? And uh, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, I felt it was very, very complete and with that I am inevitable I am Iron Man that was such a great moment when he said that that I was almost as good as Captain America saying Avengers Assemble with all those people oh that's right did, uh, did somebody say Avengers and somebody say Assemble or no, did he say them both basically he said them I think they were trying to make it less cheesy so he like yelled Avengers and then he was really tired so he said Assemble Assemble that was a great moment. Line. I tell you another line I loved is when Captain Roger. I mean, Captain America is battling Captain America, one from the future, one from the past, and he, goes, oh, he gives yeah. his I signature line like, day. "I can do this all day." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I know." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that was such a great callback. There were lots of good callbacks like that. Um, <laughs> there. <laughs> what did you tell? Tell me about. Uh, how did you feel about the Hulk Banner combo? Oh, I love that. Wasn't that so great? Good. Although he dabbed, which is the biggest global atrocity in the world. Yeah, that, that, it's so hard doing like something like that is a fad. There's a well, playwright. No, I think it worked uh, well. I think it wasn't done as a fad. I think it just was done kind of for laughs. The showing him like interacting with the kid is like, not like say green. Yeah. <laughs> So why was it a big travesty then? I don't understand. I was just... You don't really mean that, do you? Uh, I do <laughs> not really. It would have been if just the fact that we now have an image that people can take of the Hulk going... Right, the whole meme. It's just, uh, it's just terrible. It's yeah, just, <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> but it worked they in the film. People, people laughed their heads off in the movie theater we were in when they did that. Oh, yeah. I knew I was cringing because I knew you would be cringing. Yes. And there was the one talk about Fortnite and as well. Fortnite. There's Fortnite reference. But think about the timing. Like, there's Fortnite in 2023. Like, why are people still playing Fortnite? But why wouldn't they be still be playing Fortnite? Because it's a fad? I was, yeah, I'm guessing because I, re- I hope in 2023 that Fortnite still isn't as big as it is. Uh, as it was. Why? Why do you care? Because <laughs> I want variety? <laughs> All right, well, there will still be variety. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as a as a as a twelve year old, your reaction to the dab in a Fortnite is not, oh, look, it's something youthful that I was doing a few while a while back. <laughs> Since you're kind of past both of those, it's more like ugh, cringy. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. I get that. Sort of like- That's a danger. It's a, you know, for the. Uh, you know, you put something like that in, you know, like it could be, you know, you make your thing, you write your thing, and this is the hottest thing around, and then, like, everybody hates it. <laughs> you know, like at first, people loved Nickelback before they decided to hate Nickelback. Really? Yeah. So, apparently, you could, but if you had, so Nickelback being, like, an awesome thing. Or, like, anyone who likes, uh, no offense if you do, but anyone who likes the Jonas Brothers right now. They're 
uh, I don't fully get the, what. So, what do you mean? Is that are they popular now? Or are they used to be popular? Or they used to be popular and now they've come back. Oh, okay. So I was I was just making another comparison. Like, okay, I got you. I got you. I've heard of the Jonas Brothers. I have no idea what they're. Well, they just had a what these just, brothers are doing. The band broke up and then they came back together. Oh, okay. Recently. I got you. Is that the reunion tour tickets you wanted? No, no. Those, those <laughs> yeah. not, I got you. They were like a late 2000s, early, uh, yeah, late 2000s. Okay, all right. Uh, what else? What do we want? What else do we want to mention? Obviously, we like this movie a ton. Your favorite character, Spider-Man. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm, I like a lot of them. Obviously, I think Thor, Steve Rogers, and I really like Doctor Strange too. I think I obviously Benedict Cumberbatch I think is a great actor and I think Iron him. Man was the best in this movie. Iron Man was great in this movie. It really was. It really was. All right, so what should we uh does that do it? Does that do it? I think that does it. Oh, rating though. Yeah, so what we're should we grades. use? No, we're doing grades now. Oh, that's right. We are doing grades. So But if we weren't doing it, we should use Infinity Stones. But we're yeah. we're doing grades. So, what do you want to give this? A. <laughs> That's a weird sounding. A plus. An A plus. All right. The top is A plus plus. By the way. Oh, there is an A plus plus. Okay, that is our top is A plus plus. Because I don't want to be like this is the highest standard of movie ever. Because yeah. I'm sure at some point I'm gonna find a movie that is better but isn't the same. Then I'll be like, well, A plus plus right so. well you could also yeah also have two movies just be be amazing but i i like I, i'm digging but you a on movie the that i know is better but then i don't have a higher rating to go right i hear that i'm gonna give it an a and i have a feeling if i see it again i'll probably it'll probably move up to an a plus um i guess it theoretically could go down to an a minus or lower but i really loved this movie I just can't imagine the like pressure of summing up all the. Uh, let me finish, please. Sorry. Uh, of, of, you know, this, what are 21 movies, whatever, 11 years, you 20, know, how, 20, what, eight? Two. 22. Three, maybe. It's just, it, it's just amazing they were able to. I think it's 24. Wrap it up as well as they did in such great pressure and uh, just awesome. Awesome, awesome movie. Uh, go ahead, sorry. Keep, what were you saying? I was saying I think it's 24 because I remember Infinity War was the 22nd movie, I believe. Okay. So. But you were trying to ask me something else, too. Oh, no, then it would be the 25th. So maybe it was the 21st movie. Okay, anyways, bunch of movies. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But what were you, you were trying to say something as I was talking. What were you, were you asking me something? Or I couldn't, you remember what that was? Oh, I, oh, did you like this? The more or the same as Captain Marvel? Much more. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I, I feel like what I I would have uh, gave Captain Marvel, but I feel like I like this kind of the same. Oh, so let's and we and we might talk about this in another podcast, but let me just get your quick opinion. Like, so where would you put this in like your top five of the MCU movies? I do not want to discuss this until it. Until what? Until I do not just uh, want to discuss it until we do the entire list. What do you mean by do the entire list? I do not want to discuss my top. Okay, it would be a subject for another podcast. Until, Maybe yeah, we'll talk about we'll our. Talk about it. All right, cool. All right, that sounds good. That sounds good, and I definitely want to see it again as well. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's go. What are you reading? 
I am reading Good Omens. All right. So you've started it? I have started Good Omens. And how's it? Does it start it off okay? Yes. Not as good as American Gods. But again, totally oh, different beats. Very different uh, movie and one, one additional author. Yeah, and one additional author. Uh, that's that's good. Good, good. Yeah. I uh, finished... Uh, I can't remember the last book I mentioned. The, what I talk about when I talk about running. Um, I'm now reading uh, Damon Young's book, uh, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker. It's a memoir in essays. And he's one of the co-founders of the Very Smart Brothers website and just a great writer full of uh, uh, poignancy and insight and humor. It's very, very funny. Uh, and I'm enjoying enjoying that. And then as soon as I get done with that, I think I'll start with you know rereading Good Omens. Cool. Well, it feels like the little end of an era with that movie out. But, uh, you know, it's going to continue. Of course. Clearly. This so summer we'll be talking about. There'll be more. Uh, what movies are announced for the rest of this year that involve Marvel? Uh, I think they're doing three movies a year, I believe. I think this is the order of next movies coming out, the next three, I believe. Okay. Talk to me. Spider-Man Far From Home, Untitled Black Panther 2, The Eternals. Okay. What are The Eternals? The Eternals are those first, like, celestials to hold the Infinity Stones. Okay. Came out of the Big Bang. All right. Well, that's cool. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, we've had a ball doing it, and uh, until we meet again. This podcast will not have an end credit scene. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Oh, I guess they're right. That's right. How did so? How did you feel about that? Betrayed. No, I thought it was cool. It was ominous. We don't know what is going for the future of Marvel. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved. Oh, another two. Another thing to talk about before we go. Um, the Stan Lee cameo. I would have loved if the end credit scene was just like a picture of Stan Lee or saying thank you or something like that. I know they changed the opening credits to kind of you to be Stan Lee kind of deal, right? No, they did that for Captain Marvel. That was Captain Marvel. Okay, so I would have liked to either continue that for this one or the end credit scene. Would it be cool? It would have been like a. I'm sure there's a documentary out there with Stan Lee kind of talking about some of the beautiful things he's spoken about. Because remember, these comics were very socially progressive, you know, uh, talking about race and gender and, and, and love and things like that. I'd have loved like a little quote with him doing that would have been pretty great. Again, you need to see the end of the Spider-Verse <laughs> yeah, cameo. I, I do, I do, I do. So perfect. Okay. You, wouldn't so. be com- you would not be. I would not say that if I had seen that. Uh, well, I, I think you would have, but like you wouldn't. You would know that the perfect Stanley send off has already happened. Already happened. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, all right, awesome. Okay, this time we're really ending the podcast. <laughs> all right, until we meet again. Bye. This podcast. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Sozier and Antoine Lowe. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts, and sign up for the Flock email. Twice a month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pineco Turkey. If you 
you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.